Hey, Dr. Dina. And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. It is show number 56, and we are on location. Vacation, that is. We are on location, Shelter Island Schools, New York. Uh, I am in the superintendent's office. And no, I am not in trouble. No, I haven't been sent to the principal's office, but we are going to meet uh, Dr. Christine Finn here in a few minutes, and uh, thrilled to be out here in Shelter Island. Uh, for those that know me and my family, we've been vacationing here about 12 years. I uh, do want to give a shout out to our family friends, uh, John Miller and Gary Kawaga. Uh, let us use their home here in Shelter Island. Uh, but I'm on vacation, and uh, I did get permission from uh, the family, the kitchen cabinet, to come and meet uh, some new people and uh, have a show out here in Shelter Island. I have run by the school. I have uh, uh, biked by the school. We've gone to the Shelter Island Bucks games here many, many years and uh, finally have a chance to meet uh, the, the leader here of the school, Christine Finn. And I reached out to her and said, hey, will you come on the show? And she very graciously agreed. So uh, happy to be here in Shelter Island on location, on vacation. That being said, it is show number 56, and the title of today's show is called Getting Ready, 1819. That's the 1819 school year, and uh, we are just a few weeks out here in New York, uh, other parts of the country, the South and, and uh, the, the Midwest, I know they've already started school. Unbelievable. We're still in the middle of the summer, and they've started school. I don't know how that is or why that is. Uh, I think you get out earlier, but... Um, They've already started, but here in New York, we have a couple more weeks. Uh, this time of the summer is nice for me as a school leader. Uh, it gives me a chance to catch my breath. It gives me a chance to relax and refocus uh, and get ready for next year, right? So in looking back at last year, what worked, what didn't work, what am I going to tweak? I am not a fan of, of scrapping the whole thing and starting from scratch because we're doing a lot of good things in my school district, Port Jervis, New York, um, making things happen. Uh, and I like to add. We'll take some away and add some small things and set some new goals. And one of the things we do, and I wrote it here in my book, I shared my book this morning with Dr. Finn here, uh, the principal. One of the things uh, that I like to do is to create a yearly theme. What is your year going to be based around? And uh, that's tip number 42 here to create a yearly theme or a slogan, uh, something that people can rally around. Some of the ones in the past we've had is this is the year uh, we are Port Jervis. Um, I have the other ones written in here. I've already moved on. Enjoy the journey, motivate and inspire. And this year's theme is we are all in this together. Um, no matter what our role is. Dr. Finn just walked me around the, the school here in Shelter Island. And uh, no matter what our role is, we are all in this to help kids, to make our schools the best they can be. And 
Dr. Finn warmly greeted the custodian, the clerical, the nurse, the tech guy, the AD, like everybody's here. Um, and just, it was just so nice, right? So our theme this year is we're all in this together and, uh, um, you know, bringing people together and, and, and being on the same page with people uh, is very important. So that's one of the things uh, going into next year that I'm going to be working on. Uh, but what have you added? What are you looking at uh, uh, doing? A couple of the resources that I like to use, again, I'm going to share these with Dr. Finn here. This is the Coaching and Leadership Journal. A lot of great ideas uh, in here. And this is something else I subscribe to, uh, the Marshall Memo. Uh, this is great. If you're looking at this cover right here, 10 uh, articles in here, 10 ideas or some quotes. Uh, these are great resources that I use uh, to help add to, to what I'm doing. Um, give me some different ideas and some, some different things that I, I'd like to do. If you are an educator, if you are a building leader, if you're a district office leader, you know, what is something that you're going to try different? I just listened to a podcast yesterday riding my bike around Shelter Island. Forgive me for all those bike enthusiasts that uh, say you shouldn't have headphones on. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, Tom Fagione, how are you? Um, but I listened to a podcast and the guest was Pam Moran. She was the superintendent of the year in 2016 in Virginia. And she is the superintendent or was she just retired from Albemarle, if I'm pronouncing that right, Albemarle, Virginia. And um, she had a, in a recent interview, she told a story uh, with a teacher that did not really want to add anything and not want to change anything. Uh, they said on the podcast, right, uh, I've been teaching for 20 years, this teacher. And she said, well, you've been teaching the same way, the same thing for 20 years. You want to teach a different year. You want to teach every year a little bit differently. So it's not the same show 20 years in a row. You want to add to it and get better. And uh, shortly after that conversation, the superintendent Moran said that the uh, one of the things the teacher added was just just having the ability for the students to stand. Right. Uh, if they wanted to stand up and, and move around the back of the room without causing a great distraction. What was that all about? Uh, and it was a nice addition. The teacher said that kids that were fidgety, uh, it worked out for them. And that's a small little tweak. Didn't cost any money. And uh, that teacher did make a change. One of the things I added last year, I wanted to increase communication with my staff. We have approximately 75 teachers in my district. And um, towards the end of the year, it's very busy. It's very hectic. And I added 15-minute uh, meetings with each uh, staff member. Not a not a, a
Are we back? back? I think we're back. I think we're back. Sorry for that technical difficulty. If you're listening on iTunes or on Facebook, not sure what happened there. Um, we're here in Shelter Island Schools, and of course, they're working on the internet while we're uh, broadcasting. But that's that's life, right? That that happens, and uh, we we tweak that here. So we're back on air. Um, I was talking about Port Jervis and the, and the 15 minute meetings I had. They were great. It had an opportunity for me to listen to my teachers. That's something that I want to work on is becoming a better listener and, and really help celebrate the things that they are doing and support them in the areas that they want to grow, support them in the areas uh, that they want to try uh, different things. Talking about themes, right? This year in Port Jervis, this is going to be the 150th graduating class uh, in Port Jervis history. And we got to create something special. We got to do something to celebrate that. Uh, so going into this year, that is something that I am working on and, and looking to celebrate uh, also. My friend Eugene Hewitt, he's the assistant principal at SeaTech uh, Orange Ulster Boses. Uh, I saw this online recently and I thought it would be great for our show. He wrote, wrote here, days escaping, summer breaking. After a blink, students and teachers will find themselves once more immersed in the annual pursuit of knowledge and achievement. Until then, it's just anticipation. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Days escaping, summer breaking. Uh, that was from my friend Eugene Hewitt uh, at Orange Ulster Boses in Orange County. That being said, let's get to it here. We're going to welcome in Dr. Finn, gracious enough to have us. Howdy. Let's get you queued up here, Doc. There she is, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hey, Dr. Finn, welcome Hi. to the program. Thanks for having me. And thank you for uh, uh, getting back to me and, and having us in here. Um, as I said, I've come by the school many times and, and uh, happy to have reached out to you, social media, email, yep. and uh, you wrote back with an exclamation point. We'd love to come on. And there I am. Yeah. So thank you <laughs> thank so, you so much. much for having me. Doc, you've been in uh, Shelter Island for just one year. Yep, almost. Uh, how, September. How was it? Like how was your first year It was here? beyond my expectations. It was wonderful. It was a great first year, and it's a wonderful place to work. So very, very happy here. What What made it special? What made What made it work for you? I really think I was blessed to have wonderful people work here. So my board is excellent. I have really talented and wonderful teachers. The students are just incredible people. It's small enough that I get to know everybody right away. And it's a, a lot of um, very interested people in the community that are interested in helping the school. So it's tiny, but it's mighty. That's what we said. So. Oh, I like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell us, Doc, uh, again, you're a year in, in Shelter Island. How did you wind up here? Tell us a little bit about your story about your journey so here. So I, I I've been in education now for over 30 years. I was a teacher in Brentwood for 14 years and went into administration. Most of my career was spent in Patchogue, Medford, where I worked myself up from assistant principal to principal to assistant superintendent for instruction. All in the same district. All in the same district. Oh, okay. And I made a kind of a lateral move over to Nassau County. Different different vibe there. Really great. Worked with David Flatley and Jack Beerworth and Pino Solano. Learned really how to be an assistant superintendent for personnel, for curriculum instruction, different titles, different years. Uh, always kind of keeping my eye out on Shelter Island, but I was usually a finalist somewhere else when that job became available. Mm. Finally, the stars were aligned, the position was available. Um, 
the gentleman who was actually working in my backyard told me about it. And with a few days <laughs> left to apply, I just kind of threw my hat in the ring at the last minute and said, you know, did the pros and cons because I really loved where I was. Yeah, this was a beautiful yeah. school district, mm -hmm. uh, but I uh, never have regretted the choice to to put my name in the hat. And uh, here I am, and very very happy to be here. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. This is up my vibe uh, yeah, from it's afar. Yeah, a great place. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Good. Well, she's here and, uh, again, gracious enough to uh, host us uh, here today. Doc, uh, in coaching, right, I mentioned that journal. Uh, there's a saying about, you know, 24 inches, right, moving over from one seat to another. You're so close to the, uh, you know, the head coach as the assistant. So tell me about some of the differences. Uh, certainly it's a different district, but being ASI, the assistant superintendent, to now – the final say, the final boss. What what are some of those differences? It's hard sometimes to be the assistant because you're. It's not necessarily your vision that you're moving forward. It might be somebody else's. And I always say, as long as it's not something illegal or immoral, I'll I'll help anybody do whatever vision they want to execute. I'll be right there with them. Now it's me, so me and us. So it's our district, my district, working with people to push forward a different vision and the hardest thing for me is of course not trying to do everything by myself it's like you have to delegate to mm -hmm. other assistants and other people that want to help you so that's different for me because I've always been in that other role and um, it's not hard because I have great people working for me and they are with me so we're really a team I always uh, had a superintendent who used to say I'm not the superintendent it's a superintendency so it's several people working together to move a district forward and that's exactly what happens here from the custodian right to the teachers to the secretaries everybody plays a role here in moving our our vision forward so and how do you how do you share that vision right how do you how do you how do you get that vision out there you're here just a year did you come in with with something or i have whatever? ideas of my own but you know i can tell you that the shared decision making team that was here prior to my getting here kind of created a very nice vision statement that pretty much encompasses everything. And you can just look to that vision statement and see what it is that we need to be doing to get our kids to be ready for college career. And I always like to say life, which is even more important. So it's not just an end goal of graduating. It's are you gonna be a productive person in the world? And I think they do a really good job here of that. So I'm just happy to kind of slide in and be a part of it and put my own personal stamp on things too. Okay, well you heard the opening uh, theme. You were right here with us. Um, what are you going to add or do you have a theme like your opening day? It's coming in, in just a couple of weeks. What is going to be your theme for this year? So I'll be probably talking about making connections. And to me, that's important. Making connections with the community, with each other, with our parents more, even more so than we did last year. Last year I was learning the job and learning mm -hmm. all the players. And now I feel like I can really focus on that. Okay. So that would probably not a formal theme, uh, but, if I had to pick what I was going to be talking about on September 4th, that's what it is. And in such a small district, right, literally so close together, is it is it easier to make connections? Are the, are the parents, like do a lot of the parents live locally? Are they working in, in Western Long Island? Like um, Some do, some don't. I have, a, you know, the parents here are very caring and they are people who you recognize on the street or on the ferry or in the supermarket market because it's so small you know everybody mm -hmm. and it's a very positive thing and they you know they care about all the kids whether they're their own or not that's the one thing I really like about a small community is mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody and everybody cares about everyone and it's it's nice in that way 
really takes a village. So here we have the village. <laughs> and, sure. and that could be good and bad sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, sure. So what are, you mentioned some of the benefits, you know, are there some negatives to that? The though, same, that I mean, I guess you could say, but I don't really see it as a negative. I think that it's really the benefits outweigh any negatives. Yes, everybody knows everybody and you can kind of laugh about that and say, oh, you know, not always optimal to have everybody know everybody, but sure. I find it to be optimal. It's um, made my job easier to know that I could just pick up the phone or run into the PTA president and the supermarket and ask her a question so it's it's a good thing here i think it's unique the iga yes the IGA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i love it we go there often yes <laughs> um doc one of the things doing the show for over a year now and, and, and studying different leaders and different podcasts and different resources you know your morning routine you and i spoke a little off air about your commute mm -hmm. you know tell me about your mornings here and and getting ready to to take on the day. What are your morning? My personal morning? Your personal morning. So I'm not a morning person, so I actually set my alarm to go to bed. Okay. So, and I do a lot of my preparation for getting out the door the night before. Okay. Because I have an hour-long commute. You don't want to miss the ferry, so you want to make sure you're here on time. So I do a lot of that, but on my way into work, I listen to Coffee Break Spanish, you know, trying to learn some Spanish. You take the train? No, I don't take oh, the train. Take I take a, a, a drive my car, and okay. I get to the ferry. Ferry's about an eight-minute ride. Depending on the season, the line is either long or short. Um, but I use that time. I'll answer my emails. I'll check my social media, do that while I'm sitting on the ferry. And then I come here. I'm ready to greet the kids, do the pledge, kind of walk around the building. That's usually the first thing I do once I get here is do that quick walk around, pop my head in and say hello to everybody. And it's a really nice way to start the day. And then, you know, we, we do what we have to do. We do our meetings. We do our work. Paperwork comes after school usually. I always say people prefer paperwork. So try not to be in the office as much as possible. Try to be out and about. And um, it's the day goes fast. It does. Before you know it, it's time to go home. You got to wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> yes, yes, and I do. Ugly shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, you know, with the, with the ferry and the driving and Long Island traffic, like, can it be hectic sometimes? Yeah, this, no. I, I used to commute to Nassau County, so my ride was much longer and I had traffic to deal with. Now it's a very lovely ride out east with changing seasons and you never know what you're going to see. There's not a lot of traffic because I leave early mm -hmm. and I stay late. So I sort of miss that. And the ferry ride's beautiful every day. I love it. I'm supposed to meditate on the ferry, but I never do. I usually work. <laughs> we enjoy the ride, right? Yeah, it's a great ride. <laughs> really peaceful. Let's talk a little bit of education now, uh, Doc. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a classroom, you have K through 12 here. You're seeing all the levels. 3K, yeah. 3K, mm -hmm. wow. 3K through 12, okay. yeah. Well, what, what, do you, what do you expect to see? And do you, do you, are you looking for something different at the lower levels and the higher levels? What do you expect to see? The biggest uh, thing I'm looking to see always, regardless of what subject I'm looking at or what grade level is student engagement and that there's a purpose and that I can kind of figure out what the purpose is or failing that, ask a student what the purpose is, what's going on, what are you learning today? And as long as I can hear that and know that what the teacher is wanting to have happen is happening, I'm happy. So if kids are not engaged, then that's a different situation. That's uh, not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for students to be active participants in their learning. And uh, that's usually the case here. And, and purpose, one of the things we worked on last year in my district, you know, learning targets. Everyone having a student-friendly learning target mm -hmm. that they referred to. 
Is that something that you saw across some the board? Some people do. Um, some people actually write the learning objective up on the board. Others don't, and I don't necessarily judge them partially because it's not up on the board. Because if a student can say, hi, Dr. Finn, today we're learning about how to do this chemical equation, and they are able to articulate it to me, I know the teacher has done his or her job. So even though the, the target may not be up on the board, it's still in existence. I can yeah. see it, okay. and that's what I'm looking for. And tell me about your feedback then to your teachers, whether you were blown away by the lesson, you loved it, or it was a little underwhelming. How, how, how do you provide feedback to those teachers? I have a conversation with them. You know, we, we have the APPR uh, mm -hmm. laws and rules and regulations. To me, it's more important to um, have a conversation than just assigning the number or the rubric. Mm -hmm. That's the important part to me, mm -hmm. is that we talk about the things that they thought went well, things that they wanted to do better. They're usually harder on themselves than I am on them. I'm, you know, If I ask them a question, they may start really volunteering all the things they thought weren't good about the lesson, and I'll be the one to say, yeah, but did you notice that you did A, B, and C? Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of that give and take and back and forth. And it's not limited to a formal observation. We, you know, I'm in the classrooms a lot. I like to visit the classrooms a lot, and we'll talk about things I've seen off the observation grid too and I prefer that yeah I think that's where real change happens and making and, connections right yeah and yeah. the teachers are willing to do it you know they're not um, they welcome me and I never feel uncomfortable walking into a classroom here how many teachers do you have teachers that live on the island mm -hmm. and, you know? about half live on the island about half okay. live off and um, you know they all we all work together because the ferry is the ferry and sometimes it's late or it'll be a long line and we all work to make sure that everybody's classes are covered and so that the day can start regardless of the U.S. Opens I have. Because when there's a U.S. Open, there was a lot of check. Yeah. And we dealt with it. And it, we didn't even skip a beat. Okay. So it was just nice. Doc, uh, my daughter Claire here, she's just uh, turned 12 yeah. this year. Um, she just got her first cell phone, right? Mm -hmm. And she's going to be going to middle school. And uh, we have our devices here. How does Shelter Island here manage cell phones with, with, with kids in the classroom? It's really an individual teacher's choice. So I don't like seeing the hallways this, you know, I'm always afraid somebody's gonna fall down the, the stairs. Mm -hmm. But I have teachers who really maximize using that personal device and I like that. And then I have teachers who would prefer that students put it in a phone basket at the beginning of the period and I support them as well. Uh, you know, you, it's six of one, half a dozen of another with phones. Mm -hmm. It can either be a tool or it can be a hindrance. So I was in the Grand Canyon a couple of weeks ago, and I had no internet, and I was ripping my hair out. I think we all could be a little less dependent upon our phones. Mm -hmm. I think that's not a bad goal, and yet there's so much uh, rich, so many rich opportunities from all kinds of devices. And the phones will be obsolete soon, and something else will come. That's my personal. Belief. She's got an idea. Apple just went three trillion, but uh, uh, Dr. Finn, they're going somewhere in a different direction. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about a resistant kid that won't put the phone down, or if the teacher? I know, haven't really had that. Uh, this, they'll do it. Our teachers here are really pretty straightforward about what their rules or their regulations are, mm -hmm. and administration supports that. So I have not had a situation where a child was resistant about putting their phone away. That's great. That's great. Doc, and being, again, this if you don't know Shelter Island, you want to look at a map, if you're listening uh, in the Midwest or somewhere in a different part of the country, Shelter Island is way at the end of Long Island, way, way, way at the end. Between the two forks. The forks, right? Mm -hmm. And and 
but it's a special little place. It, it is like kind of frozen in time. It's a beautiful spot. How, you know, do, do you, does, does the district look to get opportunities for the kids off Shelter Island and, yep. and you know, going to New York City and going oh, yeah. to places like that? We, How does the district do that? We have some very generous community organizations, particularly the Shelter Island Educational Foundation, and they support activities both on, on island and off island. So our kids go on a schooner trip. They go to the city, and uh, they this year they spent the entire day in the city. They go to the trips. whole the whole district, the whole not school? the whole district. No. Each grade level has like a special trip. So eighth Got grade it. goes to Disney, seventh grade had the schooner trip. Um, yeah, the twelfth graders went to Florida. That was their senior trip. Uh, the um, I think it was the eleventh grade, tenth or eleventh grade went. It was a history lesson. They went to New York City. They saw all sorts of different sites, and then they tie it into the curriculum. We can't do that on our own. The educational sure. foundation supports that, okay. and it's wonderful. And I've never seen that anywhere else, any other community. We got maintenance going yeah. on. We got internet maintenance. We got lawn maintenance. <laughs> this is busy time here in Shelter Island. No, it's okay. It's sure? okay. Yeah, it's, this is life here. Yeah, we're we're in the summer and people are working. Um, so, Doc, tell me about uh, again. You're the superintendent now, right? The final, the final say. You know, parents. What what, what do you hear from parents about their expectations for, from you, or uh, do you have a lot of interaction, positively or negatively, with this parents? It's usually very positive. Not that everything's always perfect, but I think that parents feel very comfortable approaching me or talking to me about any of their concerns or desires or what they want for kids. And I have not found that to be different in any place I've ever worked. Everybody wants what's best for their child. They want them to be happy. They want to, them to be successful. And they want to grow them into a good person. And my job is to help that happen. So if something's going on and it's not to their liking and they want to talk to me about it, my door is always open. And what's nice about this place is because it's so close, if you're doing something really great, you're going to get a note or a letter from somebody. And they thank you for it. And it's really nice. And that's special. So um, you knew all the seniors who graduated, got invited to a ton of graduation parties, never had that happen to me, and the kids are all writing beautiful thank you notes. Mm. I've never seen that before. So it's just it's an expectation here that people are going to be nice to each other. doesn't mean we always have to like love each other all the time sure. and be happy all the time, but if there's a problem, they can call me and I'll talk to them about it. And uh, the parents here are really great. I'm very lucky. That's great to hear. Uh, we had a guest uh, a couple months ago, Dr. Louvel Brown, who's the superintendent of Ithaca Schools, mm -hmm. uh, 2017 Superintendent of the Year. Ah, wow. and, and he says, I'm a father, I'm a community leader, and I'm a superintendent in that order. Yeah. And it certainly seems here you really are have to be invested in the community. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I have two children of my own, so I'm a mom, and I bring my kids here a lot. They come and visit with me, and I try to come to the island even on the weekends, even though I'm not working, mm -hmm. because there's A, so many cool things to do, <laughs> not just in the summer, but all year long. And um, it, they welcome us, so it's nice to be seen at you know Sylvester Manor's Shakespeare in the Park thing. It's, uh, it's not hard, it's not work for me. So it's really easy to be invested in a community like this, because it's such a great community. For all those uh, listening here in Shelter Island, we, Doc, we're going to get her closer here and uh, uh, get her find her a spot here on the island. Um, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I would take a chocolate lab puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, personally, uh, you just completed your first year as superintendent. Uh, we're in the summer, right? I talked about recharging and refocusing. Now, how do you personally you know, sharpen your saw? You mentioned the Grand Canyon about being away, but what are some things that you do personally 
for self-improvement and your own personal health? So I like to walk. That's a big thing I do. I read. I'm not a big TV watcher. I don't really waste a lot of time with television. Uh, not that I'm against it. I just don't really have time for it. I prefer to read a book. Uh, that's how I recharge. My trip to the Grand Canyon was actually supposed to take place last fall, but I got the job here, so I put it off. Uh, it was great that it was 115 degrees. <laughs> so I don't recommend going in July, but it was still fun. I love to travel to recharge. It's hard to do that when you're in our role because mm -hmm. you know there's never a great time to take off. Even the summer is, in our world, very busy time for us. So uh, personally, to sharpen the saw, you know, just taking time with my family, taking time to breathe. I always make sure I do that. I visit my parents in Pennsylvania pretty regularly, just kind of get off the grid a little bit. Um, I stay connected to that phone because that's who I am. But um, you can always find time to take a break. I really think you can. I work long hours, but it doesn't feel like work. So mm -hmm. I think part of that too is being happy with where you are. Mm -hmm. And if you're happy in your job, it doesn't feel like work. So you can be here long hours and it doesn't feel like you're losing anything. So it's, uh, I wish I could live here. It would really be ideal. Um, one of my personal goals is to get a house that's a little closer. I don't yeah. think I can afford one on Shelter Island, but maybe a little closer just to trim that commute down a bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then I could, meditate on the ferry for real instead of just doing work. <laughs> it is a special place. Yes. Um, so, Doc, one of the best parts of the show that people like are the rapid-fire questions. Ooh, okay. Right? <laughs> Quick answers. Uh, the first thing that kind of comes to your mind. and, and uh, So, let's get right to it. Uh, the last book you read. Lilac Girls, World War II book. Great okay. Book. Fiction. Fiction, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, last movie you saw. Uh, the Darkest Hour. Good? Mm -hmm. Very good. Winston Churchill. Okay. Uh, if we scroll through your iPhone, what type of music would we hear? Maybe the most played artist? What would we hear? Probably alt rock, but um, I have guilty pleasure with country music. I love listening to it. So I love all kinds of music, but that's what's on my iPad. Okay. Right <laughs> and uh, as a Long Island girl, is Billy Joel uh, yeah, well like represented? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to, have to. Yes, I like Billy Joel. I like, uh, I love the Eagles. Southern rock is probably. Okay. Yeah. What country is gaining? Country is, I just, I, I've just been listening to it a lot. I like stuff I can sing to. Well, who's your but, favorite country artist? Because I'm a country oh music guy. Oh, boy. Uh, probably Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. old school. Yeah. Claire, that was one of Claire's songs. I love uh, Johnny and, and, Cash. Yeah. He's great. Okay. Um, a lot of irritants in our role, right? Some you can just set aside, others, you know, you really have to deal with. But what's, a, what's a, the biggest irritant or the biggest pet peeve that you have as a superintendent? Unfunded mandates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in a small district. Yeah, any district. It's yeah. just like when somebody who's a lawmaker or whatever decides to do something, and it may even be a great idea, but there's no money behind it, mm -hmm. and we somehow magically have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's not. That's a pet peeve. Okay, and personally, something that gets under your skin. Something that gets under my skin personally. Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna take a pass here I'll on education, pass, leadership, yeah. and beyond. Pet peeve. I try not to let pet peeves get to me. Uh, you know, since I moved out to the country, I live in the uh, northeast Pennsylvania. Yeah, we don't hear honking much. And I got it to Shelter Island. We arrived at Shelter Island, and you know, again, it's like ah. I pulled the car over, maybe not enough, and there's car behind me honking. Man, I don't like honking. Yeah. <laughs> Last purchase under a hundred dollars that has had the greatest impact on your life. Walking shoes. Okay. So I can walk. You want your brand? 
Um, I don't know what band Brandon was. Okay. Yeah, no. But they're comfortable. They're comfortable. They're not as ugly as my regular shoes, okay. and uh, they do the job. I'm a New Balance guy. Okay. Uh, three most important qualities of a leader. I think you have to have courage, you have to be positive, and be approachable. I'm going to write those down. And you use all of these in your role as soup. I try. You have to be approachable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What makes somebody approachable? Just that you're accessible to them. You don't put them off and say, oh, I'll schedule a meeting with you. If somebody's mm -hmm. nervous or anxious about something, you have to talk to them right then and there. I don't think it's a big deal to and your body language says a lot of people. Yeah, approach. it does. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, even you uh, allowing us to come in here for a little bit uh, approachable. Best thing about being the superintendent in a small town? I guess is just uh, this small town in particular is the community itself. It's just such a great community. And I don't think I would have had the success I had last year without that community behind me. That's great. Worst thing about being a soup in a small town? Yeah, nothing bad that I could think of off the top of my head. I prefer small town. That was why I shelter island in the first place. I think I could have been a superintendent in a larger school district, but mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been as happy. And here, what's especially special is you play two roles. You're the superintendent and you're the principal. Mm -hmm. So it's the best of both worlds. You can have some separation, but some hands on. And you can talk to the kids. So, you know, in a, as an assistant superintendent in some bigger districts that I worked in, you were in a separate building. You didn't really see the children that much. Maybe they don't know you. They don't know you as much. I would try, of course, but here I don't have to try. It's a given. You know them, so and in a good way. You know, it's not just the kids who are getting suspended at a superintendent's sure. hearing that I would know in my other districts or sure. the honor students at the award ceremony. Here, you know everybody. That's and nice. that's a really positive yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. The uh, a longtime principal in Port Jervis told me. He said, Andrew, yeah. You, you're good with the kids. Don't ever leave the kids. And mm -hmm. I, I, I can't, I've always thought about that. Yeah, so a place like this lets you do that. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Best beach on the island? I would say Wade's Beach. I don't, I'm not a beach person. Okay. Um, this is as tan as I got. <laughs> and I just spent a whole week in the Grand Canyon. So, um, But yeah, probably Wade's Beach, family beach. She likes Wade's. Okay. Yeah. We had some uh, jellyfish there once, and we, we yeah, we weren't. We, no, Crescent Beach is pretty, too. Yeah. I like to watch the sunset. Sometimes I'm leaving, and I'll, I'll see the sun going down. I'll pull over and just kind of take a peek at it. It's a nice spot. Shelter Island is a place where, fill in the blank. Community is key. I think that. Most famous graduate of Shelter Island School. So, Admirable Shear. Admiral, Admiral, Admiral Sheer. Okay. And I asked Donna Clark, she's a longtime Shelter Island resident, because I didn't really know anybody off the top of my head, but she Wikipedia showed me him. Okay. He's a pretty famous uh, military, military. Okay. From Shelter Island. From Shelter Island, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Maybe Dr. Finn, well, they're not, you're not from Shelter Island, but no. maybe you'll uh, find <laughs> and I didn't graduate a, from a it. place in their hearts here. A short term personal goal, three to five months. So three to five months for me personally or for the district? For you for personally. For me personally? Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm going to run a half marathon at Disney. So there okay. you go. I don't Do you have that scheduled? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the, the one in January? They have that like It's the years? February one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. February. Good for you. The Princess Marathon. Good for you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> as long as you finish. Did I say marathon? I meant 5K. <laughs> 
She's got big goals here. She's going a marathon. She I said it. We're going to me, a 5K is a marathon. <laughs> they do a wonderful event here, the Shelter Island 10K. And I think I came in like third to last. We were walking it. So that's my personal goal is to redeem myself. <laughs> okay. Were you a former runner? Or is no, this something that no, you're just no, getting no, no, into? No. I'm not really an athlete at all. But I think walking and running is something you can do personally. And if you keep doing it, you get better at yeah. it. So it's a good that's good sport for me. And here we all run. That's what puts us on the map. We have really excellent cross country team and, and track teams. So many great spots to run here. Yeah, yeah there are. Yeah. And they do so well. We are going to share Joe Murata's video uh, with Dr. Finn. Uh, my dad uh, walked several marathons, inspired nice. a lot of people. So I'm going to share that with her. Um, it doesn't have a happy ending, but the happy uh -huh. ending is that. He inspired us to, to finish our job. So if you're curious about that, type in YouTube, Joe Murata Marathon. It's my dad's uh, video, and uh, there's a lot there. Oh, so nice. for aspiring Thank runners, you. there's a lot there, and we'll get that to you. Um, Long-term personal goal, three to five years. Buy a house. Buy a house. Yeah, I'm renting right now in Yapank. Uh, we bought a dog. So the place I'm staying in, it takes dogs. Okay. So I'd love a little backyard to throw the dog into so she could run around and She's a great dog, but big chocolate lab. So for she all those listening space. in Shelter Island, the superintendent, she's looking. <laughs> so keep your eyes and ears open for it to shorten that commute. Um, I have your quote here, Doc. I like this. You, I read uh, one of the articles there. So we'll let you uh, we'll let you read that quote here. The glass isn't half full. The glass is refillable. So I think people. Um, you know, maybe you say a pet peeve, people have a negative outlook. I try to have a positive outlook. It's not half full, it's not half empty. You just add more to your glass. So there's always a solution. There's always something that we can try differently if something's happening. And that's what I think the quote means to me. So I'm, you know, some people say I'm a Pollyanna. That's okay. I'd rather be a Pollyanna than not be one. And uh, that's what a positive thing is. Claire, you're a Pollyanna too. It's a good thing to be. Sometimes. <laughs> like uh, Doc, I agree. Uh, I I've always heard, you know, the glasses have full, not half empty, but it is true, right? We just took the summer here. We refilled, we added some stuff, right? You always mm -hmm. got to get better. If you have that mindset, that growth mindset, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's true. I think it's important for leaders to share that with, with people and, and try to open their minds a little bit. You yeah, know? definitely. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I struggle, and we, we talked about feedback earlier, me giving feedback comes out as you're doing a bad job, mm -hmm. do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. No, I like your glass. It's great. Try adding right. D, E, and F. Try adding D. Yeah. Like I said here, if I, you know, we meet with the staff and something goes amiss for them, I usually don't have to say anything. They're down here saying, oh, I, I'm sorry, or I shouldn't have done A, B, and C, and mm -hmm. I didn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. So I'm always amused by that. Yeah. Um, but that's part of having that open dialogue, I think, of people feeling comfortable sharing with you where they want to grow or be better so that you can help them to do that. So maybe they want to attend a workshop, or maybe they want to try a different approach in science or math or English. And my job is to be open to that and to get them the resources they need so they can do it. So, I, you know, it's not negative. It's not criticism. It's just you sharing uh, thoughts. And I think that most teachers get that. And they're harder on themselves yeah. than, than I am, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And you recommended this book, an old school book here. Yeah. It was one of your favorites? It was one of my favorites because it was a book that I read as a little girl. A tree, tree Grows, grows in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn by Betty Smith. And uh, it sort of started me on a pathway toward um, 
I've actually learned to speed read because the teacher oh. noticed I was a little, I was in fourth or fifth grade and I was uh, it was an open classroom concept. Uh -huh. if you remember that? Uh -huh. And we had something called SRA kits. Okay. So I'm a lot older than you. So <laughs> SRA and singer, but the premise was you would work independently. So I didn't do anything. I was a little kid, but I was reading this book, which was advanced, and the teacher noticed it, and she put me in a speed reading class. And I've always loved the book, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, and I do this thing here called Educators Book Club. So it's a book club that we run with the community. People can come in from all walks of life, and we take a story or a book, usually fiction, and we read it through the lens of an education educational person. Nice. So a tree grows in Brooklyn, uh, the protagonist is Francie, mm -hmm. and the tree is her, of course, you know, it's a metaphor for education and how it changes her life, that her mother fights so hard for her to get a good education. And um, it's just a really great book, even though it's old school. It's old it's school. Wonderful. We like it, but maybe Claire will add that. Um, get Claire, the Hardy Boys. You will read that. Read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. It's a good book. Dr. Finn, it's been a real pleasure to uh, meet you and, and talk with you. Yeah, you know, Shelter Island uh, has always kind of been special for me visiting for the last 12 years, yeah. but now finally having a chance to come into the school and meet their great leader. Please uh, come again. <laughs> that Board of Education, you did a good job. Uh, uh, I'm very blessed. You know. They're a great board. Like I said, I have really great parents. The kids are excellent, and I have wonderful teachers who every single day, they these kids are like their own because it's such a small place. They they care about them as if they're their own children. So it's a, what more could you want? Shelter Island, New York. We talked about uh, the importance of vacation a couple of weeks ago. So if this could be a spot for you, put it down. But uh, Dr. Christine Finn, everyone, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I wish you uh, a great school year. Thank you. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, Bye, we're gonna everybody. cue this up. Thanks, Doc. We're gonna get some music going. No, we gotta get that. Yeah, no. It's got a little. No, it's not country. <laughs> Dr. Finn, everyone, uh, signing off Hi, here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond Surviving and Thriving. Go out and change the world for the better. Enjoy the last few weeks of summer. Bye.